0: Hello and welcome along to the World Game Live. It's fantastic to have your company this Wednesday, the seventeenth of. Where are we, Stolich? It's February. Can you believe it already? February. My gosh, the year's already going quickly, and I think we've exceeded that time limit of being able to wish people a happy New Year. I certainly mm. won't be saying it to my co-host, who's joining us from his home <laughs> here in Sydney HQ. Welcome to you, Nick Stoll, aka Stolich. How are you, my friend?
1: Listen, I'm going to be honest. I'm not good. What do I saw I offer this morning.
0: Well, condolences, um, concern. Where, where do I start with you on this?
1: I don't know. Maybe we should just repeat the, the episode that we did after Barca lost 8 2 to uh, <laughs> Bayern, or the one after Roma, or the one after Liverpool. It just <laughs> happened so much. What what I need today, and what I need from from you, from from the viewers, you know that we we are a team. This show is a team, right? So what I need right now is a bit of support from the viewers. I need people, you know, make me feel better in the comments. You know, give us some love reactions on, on the Facebook and stuff like that. Give us give us some love because what we need today, you know, when when one of us is struggling, which I am today, we need some love. And so oh, I really really. Oh
0: don't think you're struggling today i think Barca are in a state of perpetual hell so this might be going just beyond today beyond what we've seen already this might be going well into the next year and by the time contracts uh expire here with respect to messi you might be in an even greater world of hurt my friend
1: yeah yeah, but, yeah of course that's right so I can't say anything that is going to make me feel better. So I need other people to, to help me. Just It doesn't have to be about bars. Michael Long, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to be doing on that.
0: one of our regular viewers on the World Game Live, good afternoon to you and everyone tuning into our stream thus far. Great to have your company. Nadia D. Tenace, another one. Hello, hello, hello. He says, Stolich support, Espanol. You might have to start supporting another club because you'd be too ashamed to continue supporting this one at the rate that they're going.
1: Listen, I'd, ra- I'd rather support a, a rugby team than support Espanol. But anyway, so it was it was a brutal, brutal morning. I, I see you're wearing the PSG jersey just to just to make me Very feel
0: better. Innocently. I mean, I, it was between the Liverpool jersey and the PSG jersey, and my wonderful counterpart and father of my child instructed me to wear the PSG jersey purely to give you a bit of hell, a bit of grief, and I respect okay. that decision. And I thought I think it would be wise just to remind you where you're at right now. Um, Moving on to to some of our other guests, I want to say hello to everybody tuning in today. It's great to have your company. We love chatting with you guys every week here on the World Game. It's all about engagement, so make sure you get your questions and your comments coming through. I want to say a big shout-out to Kevin Chan. Afternoon from Auckland, watching live on Facebook. Guys, tell us where you're watching from. Would love to know. Um, As I said, we love engaging with all of our viewers, but we don't often know where you're coming to us from. So let us know. You're coming to us from Melbourne and there's good news for you guys coming at 11.59pm. Australian Eastern Daylight Time tonight that the the restrictions in Melbourne, Premier Dan Andrews has announced that they will be eased. So really feeling for our Melbourne friends down there. We know it's been a very tough period for you guys, so some good news on the horizon for you. But tell us, where are you coming from? We've got a massive show coming your way, speaking of things coming, because we've got some fabulous guests lined up. We're going to catch up with Sydney FC defender and Socceroos star Rhino. Rhino Grant, he's going to stop by and talk to us about his mullet, talk to us about what's going on with Sydney FC and um, just how frustrating it's been to go through this period period throughout COVID where games have been postponed and they're sitting idle, waiting for things to happen. So it'd be great to catch up with him. It'll be the first time, won't it that we've actually had Rhino on the show?
1: No, we had him remember he came on the show last year when we were doing the A League show on Thursdays and he came from his car. I remember he he came to us yeah. live from his car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was he was a oh, great guy. Remember
0: game. that. It must have I, been a very memorable interview then.
1: <laughs> Lucy, you've got a lot going on in your mind. Uh, you know, there's a lot There's a lot of things to keep track of A League, W <laughs> maybe League. Can, maybe league.
0: It's the first time you might be joining us from a, a, a proper location. That's why I'll mm. be able to remember it this time. Um, right. Sydney CBD, Musi that's where he's coming to us from. Where else are you guys coming to us music. from? Where are you? Come on, tell us. Watching from Newcastle, Murray McKean, great to have you. Go the Jets. Great club to get behind. Very proud support over there. Um, speaking of which uh, we've also got later on in the show. We'll be catching up with uh, Dylan Holmes, a fantastic midfielder for Adelaide United. Can't wait to catch up with Dylan because this is a club that's doing fantastic things. I encourage all of you to go and read a great friend of ours here on the World Game Lives, Samantha Lewis's recent piece, which she just put up on The Guardian a couple of days ago. It's a really fantastic read and talks about the several iterations that this club has gone through. But they're now sitting in such a fantastic position that we could see them playing finals football for the first time in their history, which will be great to see. But we'll get into all the schematics of that with Dylan, because there's so much to talk about uh, with respect to the coaching staff, the fact that they've invested in homegrown talent. Ivan Karlovich, who used to be their head coach, has moved to their head of women's football department now. um, For the first time, it's been a historic moment for the club too in that respect. So there is a lot to address. But we're going to start off the show, Stolich, with, um, we, we figured that it would be a bit like taking the Band-Aid off quickly yep. when we start with the UEFA Champions League wrap. So Liverpool, of course, claimed a much-needed victory, away uh, away win to Red Bull Leipzig, huge, huge result. Paris Saint-Germain destroyed Barcelona at the Camp Nou. The question that we're asking is what did we learn? But the other question that I want to ask is, Stolich, just how much have you got left in you when it comes to supporting this football club, if anything else?
1: Listen, you always you're always gonna stay with your football club no matter what. Uh and and that's just you know, we all know that. And I'm sure, you know, the people in the comments, you can let us know when when was the time that your football club hurt you the most? Now, this is not the time. I mean, the the, the Liverpool game was worse, the Bayern game was worse, the Roma game was even probably worse, but this Today and we'll run uh, some of the highlights uh, right now
0: or well, lowlights if
1: you want to call them. That. Yeah, a the lot. But just you know, it was kind of just how are we still doing this? How is this happening again and again and again? It was so so frustrating. So I don't know. I look at this morning's results and and, I, and what I see is is a team that just has lost its sense of identity. You know, a team this defensively fragile. Unable to keep the ball. And you saw PK arguing with uh, Griezmann during mm-hmm. the game saying, guys, we need to hold possession for longer. You guys are putting us under too much strain. Uh, you know, the goal here, I look at this and I think, Usman Dembele, an unbelievable player, absolutely rapid going forward, a Ferrari going forward. And by the way, Defensive what a
0: beautiful... the Datsun though.
1: Yeah, defensively, a, a, a broken unicycle. is ridiculous <laughs> him trying to get back there. That was a magic touch, by the way, from Mbappe. What a game Mbappe had. And, you know, even the, the heartbreak of Barca, uh, you know, being very poor, just by the way, Dembele getting exposed there again. Um mm defensively at least, Uh, the the heartbreaker Barca, it is nice to see Mbappe's star continue to rise. He's such a wonderful player. I think he's a wonderful ambassador for for our sport. You know, he seems like a very humble guy, very talented, has achieved so much, world champion, you know. Now he's pushing uh, for the Champions League. But, you know, I even look at the midfield. Verratti was absolutely uh, fantastic. Paredes was absolutely fantastic. This PSG side is stronger, I think, than it has been in the past. Uh, You know, they didn't have Neymar today. They didn't have Di Maria. That when those two come back, this team is gonna They're be really, crazy. really unstoppable. I mean, you're looking at probably only Manchester City who are in better kind of form so they, they were fantastic but Barcelona once again yeah I just look at this and I, I look at a back line and I see Sergio Dest who's 19 he, he's barely played for the club this season he's, he's got a lot of potential but you know he can't stop Mbappe uh, you've got Gerard Piquet who was rushed back from a knee injury I don't think he's played in three or four months you know he wasn't meant to come back until late March they've rushed him back today you could see it you could see that he was not up to the standard and and Mbappe just took full just just took full advantage so it was very frustrating uh, to watch but I look at it and I'm not surprised you know I sat here whenever it was back in I think October and we talked about Barca losing to Bayern and we said you know the the president has to change well the president has gone the board has gone but there still hasn't been an election there still hasn't been a new vision of how is Barca going to go forward how are they going to translate you know how are they going to get back to their success, which they had uh, for many years. so And and we don't know that yet. And we don't know what's going to happen with Messi. There's so much uncertainty about the club. So it's extremely frustrating um, and it's just extremely – I'm extremely sad. That's all I can say.
0: Comment coming through from Timothy Darkus via Facebook. Good afternoon to you, Timothy. Great to have your company, mate. Uh, We posed the question, what did we learn? And he said, we learned Ronald Koeman is not worthy to manage this club. Would you agree with that, Solich? I mean, there was a lot of contention when there was announcements during the rounds that he was going to be appointed as the manager. I think from memory at the time, you weren't all that enthused by the prospect of it. But now are we starting to see that this wasn't the right decision?
1: He is better than – he's done better than I thought he would do. But if he wasn't a club legend, he would not be in that position. I but mean, this isn't
0: about, But this isn't about doing better than we thought he was going to do. Is he the right yeah, person to take no. Barcelona forward? A club of this stature deserves to have a massive manager. And unfortunately, Ronald Koeman in this instance, like you said, is a club legend. But what has he really done in managerial terms to warrant well, taking a club of this calibre?
1: And club legends are dangerous. We saw it with Lampard, with Chelsea, that hasn't worked out. In my opinion, Pilo at Juventus, he's yet to work out. Maybe it will in the future, but not really. Solskjaer at Manchester United, listen, there's been some kind of improvement, but really, you would think they could do better. And in my opinion, Chelsea did the right thing when they got rid of Lampard and they got Tuchel in. Tuchel is a better coach. You know, he's not as loved by the fans as Lampard is, but they've improved. They've gotten into a better situation. So, I, I think, yeah, I think Timothy's right here. I don't think Kuman is the right man uh, to lead Barca forward. Um, very, very interestingly, and maybe this is a little too much, the club legend as well, but there's a lot of talk that Chavi will take over, and Chavi is uh, coaching Al Saad in Qatar, and they are absolutely steamrolling it. I think they've won 14 yeah, of but 16. Hang on, yeah,
0: but hang on a second, yeah. hang on a second. We're talking about Qatar with the greatest of respect in comparison to Liga, one of the top four leagues in the world.
1: Sure, sure. And it'll be a big step up. But that's probably where they'll go, you know, down the road. But yeah, I, I agree with Timothy. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think Koeman was the right appointment when it happened. And I don't think there has been much to, you know, you got to look at what are, what are their options? Who could they go for? But yeah, I don't think Kumin will be managing this team come next season.
0: Alex Sivkarovsky, I'll leave you with this one. Kuman couldn't manage an over-35-side league. Well,
1: you know, they, asked, they asked Joaquin, Joaquin the uh, legend kind of of Spanish football. He was at Valencia back in the day when Kuman was there and he said, oh, would you would, would you uh, appoint Kuman as your coach if you were president? he go, I wouldn't appoint him to be the kit man. So that was someone who played under him. So you know, Koeman has his issues. You know, he had some success at Southampton, you know, but at Everton it was a disaster. And I don't think if you if you can't handle Everton, how can you handle Barcelona?
0: A League Memes, good afternoon to you, our friends. Great to have your company once again on our stream here on the World Game Live. No to former players, players question mark. Damn, good <laughs> luck to Kisnorbo, Corica, Moon, Brebner, and Viet. Let's just be clear, Kisnorbo doing terribly. Corica doing well. Moon, doing well. Brebner, not so much. Viet, doing well. So it's not always going to be a 100% hit rate when it comes to former players, is it? Uh, Justin Parker, another commenter, before we move on to look at Liverpool's uh, result against Red Bull Leipzig, Xavi at least has Messi's respect. And that's an important thing. One uh, question I want to ask you before we leave is, I mean, there's so much toing and froing about whether or not Messi's going to stay at the club. But the more this happens, Solish, does that push you more so into the direction that he is going to leave? And could he potentially be linking up with the likes of mbappe and Co at PSG
1: uh definitely potentially I mean what Messi wants at least in my opinion what he's made clear that he wants the most is a clear sporting project basically the the capability to be on a team that's going to be you know very competitive going for trophies that you know makes a lot of sense now PSG is heading in that direction. You know, like I was saying, the the midfield's looking a lot better with Verratti a bit more forward, Paredes in behind. You've got the excitement of Mbappe and the speed, and, and and he's such an intelligent player as well. You know, we always talk about his speed, but he's a very intelligent player. Um, you know, he's obviously good friends with Neymar. That connection is very strong. I mean, if you have a front three of, you know, Mbappe on the right, Neymar on the left, and Messi is a kind of false nine through the middle, that's nearly unstoppable. That might be one of the best oh, yeah. front.
0: What if what if I was to say that it would be a waste to see players of that quality in League R? And I'm not trying to throw shade at this competition, but I just feel like I would love to see players of this quality somewhere like the Premier League, somewhere like Spain, somewhere like Italy, I mean, to a lesser extent. But these are footballers that I want to see doing the best in the best leagues in the world. And hmm. I don't necessarily think that League R is going to be the kind of league that's going to breed much more success in that respect, Stolich.
1: Yeah, I agree, but, you know, I look. the only place that Messi, I think, is going to go is either PSG or Manchester City. Um, And, you know, he'll have to make that decision. His family will have to make that decision. I'm sure his family will prefer to live in Paris than they will to live in Manchester, with the greatest respect to people from Manchester. But, you know, it's a common thing. Even Cristiano Ronaldo said, I would sign for Manchester United tomorrow if they were in Southern Europe. So he just, you know, he had an issue with with the weather and, and the culture up there. So... I don't know. I don't know what we'll see. M- maybe Barcelona can still retain Messi if Laporta gets in as president and, and makes a clear sporting project. There could be that. But Barca has no money. Barca's debts are astronomical. They can barely mm-hmm. afford Eric Garcia, who I think was going to cost €2 million. Uh, Euros. So I, where they go from here is, is uh, going to be a long time, I think, before we see Barca you know, Champions League finals winning again. I mean, it looks like they're going to go out, obviously, round of 16 now. The last time they went out at the round of 16 was in 2007 to Liverpool. So it's been a long time at the top for the club. But this, you know, if it wasn't already, this is the final nail in the coffin. This, you know, Busquets is done at this level probably. And, I, you know, he's one of my favourite players ever. Yeah, Piquet, I mean, put him next to Arujo, and then maybe there's a bit better. Minguesa, I think, should have started over Dest. Easy to say that in hindsight. Obviously, yeah. Dest a bit more speed can deal with Mbappe, maybe a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, it is time to move on. the The, the Guardiola years of 2009 2012 are a, a long, time, long time gone. You know, and, and and this this guy here iniesta, we haven't won anything since he's left, and he was such an important, underrated piece of that puzzle. And, you know, Pedri in a few years will get there. He's an amazing player, Pedri, but he's 18 years old. There's only so much you can expect from a guy that young at this level.
0: Mm. Steve Franco via Facebook. Good afternoon to you, Steve. Great to have your company, mate. Messi will not go to Man City. Uh, we've got another question coming in from one of our other top fans here on the World Game Live. Great to have your company again, Santino. I want to shout out to you down in Melbourne. Hope you're keeping well, mate. Why less in Italy, Lucy? Again, with the greatest of respect, like I said, if I want to see these players go anywhere, it is to the top leagues in the world. And Italy, when you stack it up against the Premier League, for example, we all know that the Premier League is the top league in the world. And to think about potentially seeing Messi under the likes of a Pep Guardiola for me, that is so much more alluring than potentially seeing him under the likes of Pirlo. So let's just leave that conversation there where it is. He said, I don't bag out Hrvatska. I wouldn't care if he did because I don't want to see Messi um, playing for Dinamo. No, no. Hey, look, Split, love those clubs, but I don't want to see him playing there. I want to see him playing on the best showpiece absolutely possible for him. Quickly, let's run through Liverpool's results against Red Bull Leipzig. It's been a very trying time for my beloved Reds, and we'll talk about them when we get to our Premier League wrap shortly. But this was a much-needed win away to Red Bull like of course, we know that Klopp has come out in the last week and said that he is conceding the title, and very emotionally it's been a very challenging time for him. But again, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, But this was hugely important for them, Stolich, and I think we'll take a quick look at the highlights before we skip over and talk about a few more things that are happening in, in world football right now. But this, for you, this was a result that I think many Reds fans were sweating on, because all we've essentially got now is Champions League. And um, I think it's it's difficult to say where we're sitting on that. I mean, I personally, I don't know that I've got high hopes for us in this particular department. Speak yeah. to other fans, they will say that they do. But when I look at how strong Paris Saint-Germain are at the moment, when I look at potentially, you know, what Manchester City could do, I think, well, they're going to give us a red-hot run for our money. And it is their time. Um, PSG came ever so close in the last Champions League final, And I think it's something that they're looking to achieve with a vengeance now. But this was a much more solid performance, a more Liverpool-esque performance, um, and some really shambolic defending from Red Bull Leipzig in in so many ways. But uh, to see Salah again in in good form, to see Mane in good form, I thought Curtis Jones had an outstanding game, but one of the big talking points was a central defender for us, Kabak, who's just recently come across to the club, um, a really man-of-the-match-defining performance. I thought he did really well, and that's something, again, that we've all been sweating on. We we all know that since van dyke got injured we have not been the same football club and i think that that has a lot to do with the fact that we didn't recruit in ways that we should have had uh but um you know a much more fluid performance and um something really a lot of reds fans would delight in seeing this was a pretty horrific moment too we thought as you said yeah. while we were watching the highlights so much that the keeper was going to get decapitated from that um, yeah. another shot that came ever so close but this was um a fantastic fantastic performance
1: yeah, and an important one for the confidence because Liverpool have looked shaky for a few weeks now. Um, this will be uh, very clear. Leipzig, you got to say a little bit disappointing. Although, I mean, to me, I don't know how you feel about this, but they feel like a Liverpool light version. You, you know what I mean? I always get yeah. the sense that they they play a similar style of football, and you know, Nagelsmann very impressive uh, manager, and maybe one day he will coach. A Liverpool or something like that, but yeah, it wasn't like Leip- uh, Leipzig's uh, best day, but a very, very important uh, win for Liverpool. And that you know, this is sometimes what you got to do when you're not playing well. You just got to counter on the mistakes of your opponents, put pressure on them, um, and that's what you know Salah and Mane did. And and you know, it's an important uh, victory for for Liverpool going forward. But I agree with you. I'm not sure I see them as a as we've seen in the past few years. You know, definitely challenging yeah. for that you know, semi-final finals positions. I feel like we we are seeing a bit of a transition season uh, for Mm. them this season.
0: Mm, Certainly has been. Let's transition over to the A-League now, guys, as we look to wrap up on that, because there's a hell of a lot to get through before we welcome our next special guest, Ryan Graham, who's joining us soon. Make sure you keep your questions in your back pockets for Ryan. It would be great to have his company. But the A-League, let's talk about that. So the Melbourne lockdown postpones matches, and we will actually give you an updated revision of those games, because uh, I was going to say Football Australia, but now it's called the APL, effectively. That's what they're rebranding themselves as, uh, sent through a communication of when those games will be played again. Um, MacArthur, absolutely Steamrolled the Reds did not see that coming. The Mariners, they are continuing their fine form after they down the Knicks. Constantopoulos, Nathan. um Nathan, we have to send you our warmest, warmest wishes because he's teared his second ACL now in a year, which is just tragic to hear. I mean, look, I've experienced it myself, Um, you know, having heard Corey's stories after he suffered three ACL injuries, took him 900 days before he got back on a football pitch. Um, You know, I know what it's like to watch someone go through that and no athlete wants to be in this situation after having worked so hard to come back and tearing a second ACL would have just been heartbreaking. So, Nathan, all of our thoughts here at the World Game Live are with you. We are very sure you've still got so much to offer to football and you will be back. And of course, the great Bobo is set to make his return for Sydney FC. Very highly anticipated. What were the major talking points? What do we take out of what we've seen so far? I know it's difficult, Solich, with some of the games being postponed, but I think the real talking point has to be, again, the Mariners in this respect, purely because they continue to surprise everybody. Um, I think Vince Rigari actually put up a fantastic tweet in which he said that, you know, every week I expect the Mariners, and I'm paraphrasing, to regress, but they actually are just full of belief at the moment. They're in such fine form. You can see that the players are really fighting for their results. stadge has got them working well. Um, you know, you just can't see it happening at this point.
1: No, I mean, I think now it becomes like a self-perpetuating cycle. You know, if, if you have a lot of internal belief, even despite maybe the evidence that, you know, you're not the strongest team, you keep believing in yourself, then the results come, then the belief is kind of uh, proven almost so i think that's what's happening a little bit with the the mariners to to the point that you know that whole thing about like fake it till you make it well they've made it the Marin- the mariners mm-hmm. look really fantastic they look they look like a real solid cohesive team um you know i'm i still um i wouldn't put them as my favorites for the title yet but you know we've gone from remember that at the start of the year you asked me i think after game one or game two is this going to keep up and it's like no way Let, you know mm-hmm. let's see what happens man the, make the humble pie serve it slice it up for all of us because we, we thought they were going to be poor. Well, I mean, as well, on top of this, I don't know why I'm talking about how wrong I was at the start of the season. We thought the Jets were going to be awful because of all the difficult preparations that they've had. They've really impressed me. I think uh, they're creating a great number of chances. But for me, one of the big talking points, and I'm, I'm sorry to do this to people in Melbourne because I know you're going through a lockdown at the moment, but what's going on with victory? Absolutely.
0: absolute champion. Oh.
1: Once again, you know, last season we thought, oh, it's a bit of an aberration. Oh, okay, you know, they'll they'll fix it up this year. But the game that I saw against uh, the Wanderers last Wednesday, I believe, it just did not look good at all. You know, they looked bereft of ideas, you know, you had Robbie Cruz coming off, he seemed very annoyed I don't know whether that was a bread or just the game Um, but it just didn't seem like there was a lot of unity in that team, a lot of uh, creativity, a lot of defensive solidity Uh, it's really, really interesting, I'd love to hear from Victory fans their thoughts on it because, you know, again, to me it's this great it's the biggest team in Australia when it comes to fans, you know? And so many times I've been to Melbourne and watched Melbourne Victory Games and love the atmosphere that their fans, you know, at least used to create in the past. I know they've had their issues with active support and the active support has been quite suppressed. But whether it was, you know, at Olympic Park or Dockland Stadium or Amy Park, you know, it's a fantastic big club. But what is their identity now? Because they seem to be changing managers and changing players and it's not clear. Whereas we're seeing the clubs with a kind of more clear identity, you know, Sydney FC and, and Adelaide United and, and, you know, they're having a bit more success. Even the Mariners now, we know what they want to do. Whereas victory, I'm not sure what they're trying to do. And I think, you know, they're getting exposed.
0: Mm, it's been really challenging for them. And I look, I don't know what you put it down to. Of course, we want to think that, um, you know, Grant Brebner has been deserving of his opportunity to to take this club forward. Of course, a club legend as a player, but I, I just don't think it's working out at this point, unfortunately. Um, a lot of respect for brebsey top guy, but it just doesn't seem that he's able to get the playing group to achieve what it is that he's trying to fulfil um, from a playing perspective. Uh, I think things really started to go downhill when Kevin Musket left. You saw, and you and I spoke about this privately mm. too, saw a host of top players leave the club. The loss of Barbarouss has been huge. He lost Troisi. Um, you know, they weren't really to capitalise, and to you use your terms, they weren't really able to capitalise on that all the Toyvenin and, and Keske Honda era, uh, and it just hasn't worked out for them. And it's a real crying shame because I love what the Melbourne Victory have to offer as a football club. They're a real powerhouse. And to see them doing as poorly as they have been, I don't think that anyone would be able to delight in that. Um, I want to read out what those postponed fixtures um, have been updated to. So this Saturday, the 20th of February, you'll see Perth Glory take on Melbourne City. Then on Wednesday the 24th, Adelaide playing host to Western United. Friday the 26th, Melbourne City taking on Brisbane Raw. And then all of these fixtures are occurring on Saturday the 27th uh, of February. You've got Western Sydney Wanderers taking on Central Coast. Melbourne Victory playing Adelaide United. Then Perth Glory welcome Western United to HBF Park. So it's good to know that we now have a revision to that schedule and be able to see what happens there. So, Alex, I want to throw over to you on this one because this was a really cool little thing that you got to get up to uh, when you had the opportunity to catch up with Uruguayan legend Diego Forlan. And a lot of it was to do with his relationship with Luis Suarez, which is very cool, and also his interest in coming to Australia. So if you could please play the tape for us, I think it would be great to see what you got up to last Friday.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, shout out to Glenn Rolls at La Liga, the La Liga representative of Australia. He set up this interview with me and about f- six other journalists. Um, so this is Diego Forlan. will first play his clip on his relationship with Luis Suarez, who's the top goal scorer in La Liga this season. I wanted to ask you uh, about your ex-teammate Luis Suarez who is obviously doing amazing uh, at Atleti this season but what I wanted to ask you is we know he is such a competitive character such such a always fighting always wanting to win more so than we've nearly ever seen by any other player is there any time that you had with the national team that you realised wow Luis Suarez what a competitor he is or or what a talent he is because he was younger than you coming into the team but were you surprised by how competitive he was maybe even in playing cards with the the team just in the hotel or, or something like this A, an anecdote about his competitiveness
2: yeah well you could see every play every time we have you know friendly games uh, just in the training session you know uh, we were playing in the same team and uh, there was always this tournament that we played the day before a game uh, and yeah we always wanted to win everybody wanted to win he wanted to win as well then we have uh, this uh, pool game you know we always play uh, once against each other so uh, I I won a couple of perfumes you know it was good he always paid which is really good for you. which is good I lost a couple but he lost more than me so he was always when we were in the in the Airport, you know, every time we were flying, he was coming and say, "Okay, do He is. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is the, the that I have with you.
1: Did you ever have to tell him calm down? You know, it's just a game. No, of no, whatever, no.
2: No, okay. no, no, no. He, you knew he's a very nice guy. Very nice mm-hmm. guy. We keep it in touch. Uh, still now, you know, it's like it's it's uh, every time he score goals, I. I sent him a message before. It was it's 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 good because when I was scoring a lot of goals in at my time in my time scoring a, a, with Atletico at United or also with Villarreal, he was always sending me messages, and now it's me that uh, that I'm sending him messages. The last I don't know the other day he scored two goals, but the day before we talked. And he sent me a message for another reason. And I said to him, okay, I'm not going to send you every time you score a goal because every every two days you play. So I am not you know, you're going to talk with me more than you're with your wife. So I said, to him, I'm not, yeah, I know. I know. So I'm going to send you when when it's special, you know. But the other day I, I sent him because he scored two great goals. They are playing really well. So on the next day uh, I sent him another another message. But, yeah, we have a really good time. That so, is awesome.
1: Well, I just want to apologize for my bed hair. There, the interview took place about eight thirty in the morning, and you know, working from home, the alarm was for eight twenty. I got out and did it. But <laughs> this, this was also uh, so. This is a question from I think Josh Thomas, who works for I think Sporting News. Um, mm-hmm. He asked him about coming to the A League. Uh, sticking to
3: the Australian theme, uh, you ended your career with stints in India and Hong Kong. Were you ever close to coming down under to play?
2: I I didn't have the chance to go there. I wanted to, you know, uh, but it was it was not any offer in that moment. But yeah, you know, it was uh, you know I I really like Australia. I've been there a couple of times, uh, just in Sydney and also in Melbourne. Not, not much. You know, I, I have I didn't have the opportunity to go all around. I know it's a great country, beautiful, uh, and you can see. You know, sometimes before I was watching more Australian football, uh, but didn't have the chance. I know. I know it would have been really good and nice. Uh, it's a really nice lifestyle and also good football. Maybe as a coach, you never know.
0: Wow, would not be awesome to see him as a coach.
1: There you go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he's like as a coach. I know he was coaching in, I think, Uruguay and it didn't really uh, work out so well. But, you know, he's such a legend and it was so good to talk to him. And there might be more coming uh, out of that interview. We talked to him for about 45 minutes. Really nice guy and really great to hear about his relationship with Suarez and his interest in coming to Australia.
0: Very, very cool. would love to see more of that. He's such a great player and an ap- absolute legend of Uruguay and so much to offer as well. So who knows, maybe he's a coach. We might see him in the A-League one day. All right, it's time now to welcome our next special guest. Um, speaking of legends, he's an absolute legend of a bloke and has contributed so much to Australian football. We're absolutely delighted that we can welcome once again to World Game Live. Welcome to the show, Rhino Grant. How are you, my friend? Are you well?
3: <laughs> very well, guys. How are you? Yeah,
0: Very fantastic. good, very good. Great to see you back on the show. Tell us, Rhino, how the bloody hell are you? I mean, I know it's been such a difficult period. 2020, I'm sure we'd all love to see the back of it and we're glad to see the back of it, but we feel like we're still in the throes of everything that the pandemic threw our way. Um, how has it been sort of adjusting to the lack of rhythm throughout this season and a solid playing schedule?
3: Yeah, I think it's sort of both ways. I think we've sort of got used to uh, having to deal with a change of schedule, a change of fixtures um, with it being like this for the last year or so. But uh, I think you're right, where you sort of get to this stage where you start getting a, a role, you start to get your mojo uh, back, um, and then you sort of have to miss a game or you got eight or nine days between games. It's hard to get that consistency, but um, I think that's just the
0: modern day at the minute. We just sort of have to put up with it and get on with it. And,
3: um, I mean, at the end of the day, we're professional footballers, so we should be able to deal with it.
0: We've got a question coming in straight off the rip for you from Joshua Eben Watson via Facebook. Good afternoon to you, Joshua. Great to have your company. He wants to know how is it having or back? Because we've seen the reports that um, it looks like he's set to go.
3: Yeah, having Aussie Bob back, it's good, good to see him. He's um, <laughs> really in shape actually. Um, obviously, he's, he's done so well in the A-League in the couple of years that he was here, a while back. Because um, having him back now is, is great for us. It sort of gives us a, a different dimension. Yeah. Uh, dimension, um, in the way he plays, so uh, he knows how to find the back of the net. So I'm sure when he uh, he's back in the squad or back playing, he'll definitely uh, bag a few goals for us, which is uh, going to be very handy. Stolich, over to you.
1: Yeah, uh, Ryan, I wanted to ask you know Sydney FC this year. You know, in previous years you guys have been so dominant, and this year it looks like it's going to be a little bit more of a struggle. What do you think has been some of the, kind of the the issues for the team early on in the season, and what are you guys look kind of looking to improve and work on?
3: Uh, Yeah, it's a great question. I was even asking myself uh, why I haven't started as well as I would have liked and um, without making excuses, I think maybe with what uh, Lucy mentioned before uh, with it sort of being stop-start the first couple of weeks. I think we played a game and then I think we were like uh, maybe nine or ten days between games and another seven or eight. So it's sort of – it's hard to sort of get in a groove. Um, But, I mean, in saying that, like I said, we are professional footballers, we have to get on with that. Deal with that, but I think that might have had a little bit to do with it. Um, but I think the standard of the league itself is, is risen this year. I think uh, you see, I think I've said it a few times in the media, it's vintage A League at the moment with uh, the Mariners killing it and, and Brizzy doing really well. It's like it's 2010 again. Um, but it's just great to see. I think everyone sort of stepped it up um, and it's been a great competition. It's obviously looking like uh, it's going to be a very entertaining year.
0: We have to ask you about the mullet. A lot of people interested in the mullet, Um, a lot of people concerned that the mullet is actually going to be going. Justin Parker, also one of our regular viewers here on the World Game Live. Great to have you back again, Justin. When's the mop going, Ryan, raising some good coin? My understanding is at last count you'd raised about $14,000. So where is it at now and when is the mullet actually going?
3: Yeah, it's going tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow morning by Training. Yeah, it's I'm within the last about 16 hours of it. So um, I've been looking forward to getting rid of it for a while. So it's it's I think it's about time to to shave it off. And obviously, like you said, it's for a great cause. Uh, I think I checked early. I think we're closer to 17,000 now, which which awesome. I'm going to move with. I think everyone's been very generous, and um, it's really hard to thank everyone individually because uh, obviously a lot of donations. But I would like to say thanks to everyone. It's been Unreal. I think I started at ten thousand as my goal, and I quickly got to that, and changed it to fifteen, and um, overtook that. So I now I've jumped to twenty um, to try and see if I can uh, get a few more uh, donations in the last couple of days. And um, but in saying that, every every bit of money counts. So I'm, I'm just stoked to, to have such a great um, amount of people that have sort of jumped on the back of it and and raising as much money for a great cause.
0: And here is the page now for those who are still interested in donating, and I'd encourage you to do so. World's Greatest Shave, Ryan Grant, there you can see, $17,278.47 is the exact count. We can get you there, that $20,000, Rhino. Everybody get to that page now to sponsor him and donate some really vital funds to a sensational cause. A-League Memes, of course, taking the piss. Yo, so Ryan, still okay to send us the hair, Yes. Yeah, they, they want a, a bit of the droppings, I think,
3: so i have to sweep it up tomorrow and, and clean up after myself and keep a few for them so they can, um, yeah, I think auction it off. I think they want to do and see if they can get some money. I've done it for them in the past. Um, so hopefully they can get a, a little bit more money and put it towards these great calls too.
2: Oh,
0: that would be awesome. But I have to ask you, and I know it might be a bit of a personal question, but how did the mullet fare with the ladies? I'm not sure if you're in a relationship or, or whatnot, but, I mean, I just have to know, how did the chicks rate the mullet?
3: Uh, I, I am in a relationship and, and my girlfriend does love it. She's actually sad to see it go. Um, <laughs> but back when I first had it, I was single and, yeah, it takes a a, a special individual, I think, to appreciate it. So, <laughs> so but you, well, yeah, your yeah.
0: you met your missus with the mullet?
3: Yeah, she's only known me uh, with the mullet, so she doesn't know any difference. So, um, yeah, she's not as keen as I am to get rid of it. I think it's going to be a bit of a... A rude shock for her, especially when you see how far the hairline goes back. But, um, <laughs> she's in it for the long haul now, so she's just gonna have to put up with it.
0: I rate that highly. I rate that highly. Frankie Abbott writing in uh, via Facebook, well done, Ryan, a worthy cause. (laughs) It's fantastic. Um, I've got to ask you about Socceroos as well because it's been so damn frustrating to to not have any games for over a year now, well over a year now, and to know that potentially we could even have the qualifiers, which they're hoping goes ahead, but in March still potentially postponed, is a pretty worrying factor. Um, Have you had much contact with Arnie or any of the other Socceroos boys around this and just how difficult, difficult a period that's been too, to not be in camp and have those kinds of um, environments again?
3: Yeah, it obviously is very disappointing. I think uh, representing Australia is uh, the highest honour and um, you always want to go away and, and play for the Socceroos. It's always good to see the boys. Uh, it's it's a great little uh, environment. We get, we get looked after really well, so it's always nice to go into camp. But I have spoke to Arnie um, briefly, uh, maybe a month ago, and he wasn't 100% sure uh, where it will end up or if they'll be postponed. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all up in the air at the moment. Uh, I think it will be even tougher for us Australian-based players too if we were to be selected, uh, how it would work with quarantine and
0: uh, coming
3: back and, yeah, it would just be a bit of a, I want to say fire. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. But, um.
0: <laughs> you are. Let me show you. All right.
3: Lucy said worse <laughs> on this show. Um, yeah, so it might be a bit tough to sort of figure that out. So, um, yeah, for me, being obviously based in Australia, it might be a little bit difficult. But, um, yeah, hopefully there is games that come around the corner. Um, we can get back to a little bit of normality, I suppose, and um, being able to represent Australia again.
0: probably mm-hmm. a few more questions before we say goodbye to Rhino.
1: Yeah, Ron, I wanted to ask, you know, I saw in the media somewhere you said about how sometimes when you're playing and you've had the mullet, and I just want to uh, let everyone know that I've put in the comments uh, a link to the page so you can go and donate there uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, but I just wanted to ask, I saw you say, you know, people had called out, you know, get a haircut and all these kind of lame insults. What I wanted to know is what is the lamest insult you've ever kind of heard on a football pitch from the crowd but also, conversely, was there ever one that, you know, you're in the heat of the game and someone has just said something and it was actually pretty funny and you've had a little giggle or something?
3: Um, yeah, I've had, I've had one insult. I think it was in the FA Cup a, a few years back down in Melbourne. I can't remember who we were playing, but um, obviously my name's spelled R-H-Y-A-N, uh, which is all causes all sorts of drama anyway. Um, yeah, someone yelled out something like, um, why do you have a Y in your name? And he sort of, he stuffed it up. He was meant to, why do you have a H in your name, you idiot? So <laughs> why do you have a Y in your name? And I said, there's a Y in all Ryans pretty much. And then H jumped on the back of that and we're like looking at him and giving him the, like the finger and, in his face. So it sort of backfired a little bit. And it was quite funny. Um, oh, that's right. He sort of, he sort of, he sort of realised, he's like, oh, oh, I've stuffed up here. So it was pretty funny. Um but, yeah, there's been plenty of times where I've had to sort of have a little chuckle. I can't remember um, off the top of my head, but I do remember at uh, times being like, oh, that's, that's, that's a fair point.
1: Um, <laughs> that's that's a, a fair point? point. <laughs> what, about, what about if someone <laughs> says it about a teammate or something? Because I would imagine if someone said something about it, it'd be very funny. <laughs> yeah, I love
3: it. We we uh, we give our, we up, up each other for the rent on the field um, and give each other – um, stupid nicknames and stuff during games I think Gowser and Bratz are always at each other and um, yeah it's hard not to laugh when when the cameras on you and you're meant to be all serious and whatnot so it can get uh, yeah a bit of a carry-on but uh, we're, we're pretty good uh, mostly
0: Uh, um, We've got this fantastic game that we play with our guests now every week. We've just introduced it as of last week. Um, And effectively, we're going to ask you some questions. You'll be given the opportunity to invoke the Mourinho rule just once. And the Mourinho rule is effectively something that will exempt you from having to answer that question. Can we play the clip, Solid, so that he knows what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, it's like pleading the fifth. You don't want to incriminate yourself. This is the clip. I prefer really not to to speak. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. (laughs)
4: <laughs> so, we're going
0: to ask you a couple of questions, but you only get one opportunity not to answer, okay? Let's just make that clear. So College, we'll go with you first.
1: All right. First question, who is a better coach, Steve Corica or Graham Arnold? Oh,
3: <laughs> I mean, statistically at the moment, it, it leans towards Bimby, doesn't it? But I think you can't take – I mean, that's, that's a tough question. I think Arnie's done so much in the game, but I think mean, if we're basing it on um, – Stats, I think, and me wanting to play this weekend, I'll probably have to say uh, Bimbi. <laughs>
4: Sorry,
3: Arnie. But I would be picked for Australia too, so maybe Arnie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who is the worst teammate you've had in your football career?
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to push oh. him to invoke the rule. Invoke but it's, it. it. My invoke party it.
3: Hasn't. Yeah, I might invoke that one. I might say ah. that one. There were a few names came to my head straight away, but I don't want to. Throw anyone
2: under the bus. I prefer really not to, not to speak. If I speak, I am in in big trouble.
0: <laughs> We've already pushed him there, but a couple of more questions, Stolich, because it's a fun
1: one. Go for it. Well, no, I don't. I don't want to. Put, now he doesn't have the ability to use the rule. I feel if you go too harsh. Um, uh, well, what I wanted to know actually uh, was you. You know, you see a lot of young players coming through now. You were one of the players. You know, a young player came through but had to transition different positions. You started out in midfield. You know, you now playing right back. We saw in the Asian Champions League, you were playing goalkeeper uh, for five. Minutes. Did you? Did you know, by the way, that if for whatever reason you know a goalkeeper is sent off. And you're the only out, the outfield. It's only outfield players that can do it. Are you the chosen goalkeeper, or was it just like, all right, I'll go? Uh, no, I think
3: everyone knew. At, at training, I'm always jumping the net, and I have the ball in my hands while I do it at my feet, which probably says a lot um, in my game. But um, no, everyone knew as soon as that was the case. Uh, I was already looking at Bimbi, and Bimbi had already said, "Yeah, get the jersey on, mate." And I was straight in there. I was just hoping I could make a save, but they put it over the crossbar, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: Uh, this is a serious question to end things with, um, Rhino, and it's actually about the game that you've got coming up this Saturday, the 20th of February, against Brisbane Roar. I mean, I know you touched on the season earlier where you said it's probably been one of the most competitive seasons, and I think it's actually been really gripping and fantastic to watch. I mean, it's the most engaged I've been. I mean, we're always engaged as football people in, in the A-League and the W-League, but for me, particularly this season, I think we've seen it go to another level, and there are different layers to get excited by. You've got young players coming through, fresh faces, which I think has been really, really entertaining entertaining for a lot of us to watch. But the game, now that you've got against Brisbane, um, thoughts around that and what we can expect from the weekend?
3: Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a really tough game. Um, I mean, I think everyone says it, but every time we play Brisbane, it, it's always a tough game. Uh, they're always up for it and we have to make sure that we are. I think they've, they've done really well this season. They're playing some um, really entertaining football and, and definitely scoring some goals, um, which, is, which is great uh, for the league. Um, so yeah we're expecting another tough fight um, like I said it is always tough against them they're always up for it. Uh, people try and say this oh, the whole state of origin thing um, but it mm-hmm. is yeah it, it is a good little rivalry there's plenty around a league but I think um, yeah they're they're on fire at the moment so we sort of have to match that and we're trying to improve obviously week to week so it's a big game for us to try try and get a a bit of a roll of obviously coming off two wins so we want to make sure our role We keep our role going on and um, build for the rest of the season. So, yeah, it's going to be a good game.
0: Yeah, good stuff, Ryan. An absolute pleasure to have your company, mate. Thanks for making the time to join us here on TWG Live. We always love catching up with the players. We wish you guys all the very best in that game against Brisbane. We hope for a much smoother A League season, and we hope, of course, that we can get some Socceroos qualifiers match in there in the next couple of months as well. So thanks for stopping by, mate. We wish you all the very best. Take care, and guys, don't forget thanks to guys. please go on to Ryan Grant's page to donate for the world's greatest shave. He's um, got a fabulous cause going. He'd love to reach that twenty thousand dollar mark. You can see the link in our comment stream, and we'll also post it up on the World Game uh, website and on our socials as well to give it that good push. He wants to get to 20K, so let's help him get there, if not even more. So well done, Rhino, and goodbye to the mullet tomorrow. This weekend we'll see you sans mullet. So we're looking forward to see what Ryan Grant actually looks like without the mullet, mate.
3: Yeah, not not flash, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys. Yeah, cheers. (laughs)
0: thanks for stopping by thanks uh ryan grant there top bloke always good to see him yeah. um add so much value um on the football field off it with what he's doing now with the world's greatest shave i love that story about the fact that he actually met his missus with the mullet that is awesome i love it that's great well,
1: I, t- I tell you i mean i'm i'm a little worried about my hair receding and i keep saying to my girlfriend listen as soon as it starts receding quick enough that's when we're getting married because i want i want the wedding photos <laughs> i want me to have hair you know, so for now, for now, I'm pretty comfortable. You know, let's just keep it what it is. But maybe in a few years, it's like, okay, yeah, now it's time to get married, get these photos. And then, oh, I, I mean, if it, also I keep playing like it. this, it's going to go.
0: We don't have to um, worry about that, the ladies over here with our lovely hairlines. Um, but yes. I do have to worry about greys now. I'm 34. Wow. A girlfriend's getting on, so I'm sure that it's going to be a problem for me. Someone, who's, someone whose hair isn't a problem at all for them. Um, and In fact, quite the opposite. She's got a luscious a full head of hair and she's also doing fabulous things on a football field. Let's welcome our next special guest to the show, the wonderful, the delightful <laughs> Dylan Holmes. Adelaide, <laughs> midfielder. Hello, Dylan. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you just have to sit through a. conversation. Conversation about Luscious locks and hair, but I tell you what, <laughs> luscious at the moment and it's the Reds' form. You guys have just been on fire and arguably, I'm a Canberra United supporter. I've never shied away from admitting that because I am a Canberra born and bred girl and the fact that I've actually got a team in a professional football league in the country is a coup for me. But you guys have hit such a soft spot for me because you've been one of the most exciting teams in the comp, so much to add. And the story off the field too is just as entertaining. Tell us what is life like as a Red at the moment? for you and everybody involved.
4: Yeah, I think it's as good as it has been for me playing for United. I, um, we have such a good group of young Adelaide girls and it kind of means a lot to us this year to be doing so well. So it's, it's special and, and hopefully we can keep it going and, and make finals for the first time.
0: Oh, that would be awesome to see. And I think we're all secretly rooting for you behind the scenes. We're <laughs> not with Garrick for the Reds or not. <laughs> (laughs) Um, But you've got a really cool story before I throw over to Stolich as well to ask some questions of you. I love the piece that our beloved Sam Lewis put up in The Guardian yesterday, which talked about the fact that, and especially when you were announced as the club captain, there were the two photos side by side, this (laughs) young girl in 2007 at the Adelaide United Fan Day, and then 13 years later you're being announced as the club captain. I mean, what a special moment for you to be able to reflect on that in hindsight. But when you travel back in time and you think about the young girl that turned up at that fan, day what were your ambitions as a young footballer
4: um I remember that fan day and we had just my family had just moved to to Australia and it was kind of the first time we had ever been anywhere where we could kind of support a professional team so my dad took me and my brother to the fans day and we got all the signatures and um yeah that was kind of the start of of me being a fan and growing up watching um the A-League and the W-League teams play so um I kind of had forgotten about that photo and it somehow got to the club's <laughs> media department. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was really special. It was when, um, when I was announced, uh, it was a surreal moment for me. Um, you know, I, I really love this club and, um, I get, I'm lucky enough to play with a bunch of my friends and, and represent, um, Adelaide, which is a city that I love. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a cool moment.
0: Very cool moment for all of us to observe as well. I'm glad that actually the photo made it to the media department. Um, a question coming through. Don't be embarrassed. A question coming through. Joshua Even Watson via Facebook. Thanks for your question again, Josh. He said, "City with the top team for years, is it good to have a more competitive W League?
4: I think so. I think, um, you know, it's nice to see girls that may not necessarily have gotten opportunities in the past get those opportunities. Um, and I think for Adelaide, you know, it's, kind of emphasized that we want to play as many local girls as we can. And um, so, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's giving a lot of young Australian footballers opportunities that otherwise may not have been there with um, all the Matildas that have been playing in the W League in the past few years. So it's, it's nice to see. And, um, and I think it's a bit more exciting. I think, you know, for me, anybody can win it this year. Anybody can beat anybody on any given day. So, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying this season so far. So cool. As are
0: we. Stolich, over
4: to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, Dylan, I wanted to know, you know, this year, it looks like Adelaide United are going to make the finals for the first time. What do you think, you know, internally, just the feeling, what has been the big difference or what What would you point to as the few big kind of change makers?
4: I don't necessarily think it's anything that's changed overnight. I think it's been a few years in the making that, you know, the club has given, given us opportunities at a pretty young age. And, um, you know, now we're starting to get to kind of, hopefully the prime of our careers and and we're getting a bit of experience at W league level. So I think it's, it's definitely been a process, but um, we just have a really good core group of South Australian girls that are now really starting to get some good experience and, and are starting to perform really well. So um, it's definitely been a few years in the making, um, but yeah, the it's, it's really exciting. And I think for us, the best is kind of yet to come. I think in the next couple of years, it'll, it'll continue to get better and better. That's so cool to hear.
0: Your assistant coach, Stella Rigon, um, wrote to me on Twitter and said, this is a real special team, Lucy, the best group of girls to come through Adelaide United. (laughs) One thing that I particularly love about this football club, especially, you know, in the women's department, but also equally the men's, is that they have this real tendency and in recent years have had this shift towards promoting their younger players, their their talent as well, their homegrown talent. I I think that, that there really is something special to all of that because it means that you're able to collect even though you're an adopted Aussie you're collectively able to do this as Adelaide natives and that really says a lot about the team bond that you all must have as well.
4: Yeah I mean I've been playing with some of these girls since I was 10 11 years old so um, for us you know and we've talked about this before like when you know you play in a W League team that's brought in a lot of internationals and you're winning games it's not maybe necessarily as reflective of the Adelaide kind of football as um, it has been this year. So I think when we win games and are playing well, it just means a lot more to, to the Adelaide girls because we've seen this program struggle over the last, I guess, through the W League for a lot of years. And, um, you know, a lot of us have been a part of that sort of those tough times as well. So it, it means a lot. And um, yeah, and it's just special to play with girls that you've grown up playing with. I think that that also makes a huge difference.
0: So a few more questions before we allow Dylan to invoke the Mourinho rule
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: The Well I just wanted to say on that I mean it, it's such a good thing not only kind of for the team, but for the fans as well. It, it's so nice to support, you know, your local players and players who've gone like you from media, from, you know, fan days to playing for the team, for captaining for the team. And it shows that there's a pathway for all the the young players as well now who are looking at that first team and saying, I can be there too. I want to be supporting them every week and I soon will be uh, out on the field with them. So I think it's a wonderful thing and I think Adelaide United are doing, a, they're, they're a really well-run club. Um, you know, I think uh, you know both in the men's and the women's space, and it's just really good to see. So I hope there's some success there. But I wanted to ask, <laughs> we're talking about a lot of the South Australian players, but I wanted to ask about one
2: foreigner.